Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. I'm Vince Leo. I'm the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out all of my written work stemming all the way back to 1996 when I first started my website at Quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at Sully. It's a drama. It's PG-13 rated because of some peril and brief strong language. It runs an hour and 36 minutes. The main star is Tom Hanks, with supporting roles going to Aaron Eckhart, Laura Linney, Michael Malley, Jamie Sheridan, and Anna Gunn. Clint Eastwood is the director, and the screenplay is by Todd Komarnicki, who's basing it off of the 2010 book called Highest Duty, My Search for What Really Matters by Chesley Sully Sullenberger and Jeffrey Zaslow. Sully is a docudrama that tells the story of the events that surround the water landing in New York's Hudson River for a commercial jet that was en route to Charlotte, North Carolina, that was piloted by veteran airman Chesley Sully Sullenberger on January 15th, 2009. The Airbus A320 was in the air but ended up losing both engines after flying into a large flock of Canada geese during its takeoff from LaGuardia Airport, and that caused Sully and his co-pilot Jeff Skiles to have to make the quick decision on whether they could make it back to LaGuardia or perhaps a nearby airport's airstrip, or if they had to take the risky chance of downing the plane in the icy river. This well-publicized end result on that faithful morning ended up with Sully, all of the crew, all 150 passengers surviving that day. It was dubbed the Miracle on the Hudson by the media, and it made the pilot an overnight celebrity and a hero in the eyes of millions, not only in New York, but across the United States and elsewhere. Now, while many are going to go into Sully knowing the events fully, because this was a highly publicized media story, you know, those 208 seconds in flight were well covered by news agencies and on the internet, People are very well aware of that and the rescue mission that happened afterward. However, what isn't really as well known is that Sully's heroic deeds were not exactly deemed by everyone to have been the exact right thing to do. For instance, we see in this movie there's this investigation by members of the National Transportation Safety Board who are questioning whether that plane could have made it back to a landing strip back at LaGuardia or perhaps nearby New Jersey's Teterboro Airport. If that were the case, that would have saved everyone on board without the trauma or the drowning risk or the hyperthermia risk and would have also saved this multi-million dollar aircraft that ended up going into the river. The bulk of the movie shows the subsequent investigation by the NTSB as well as how Sully is troubled with some doubt, some guilt, some of his PTSD-fueled hallucinations on what could have happened had he actually followed standard procedure instead of his own instincts. We see some, I guess, daydream sequences where these 9-11 style crashes into buildings. They're very harrowing to witness and are the things that ran through Sully's mind, feeling that if there were any other thing that he could do, that might have been the end result. Rather than putting that jetliner into this major waterway, very risky proposition. If he had had any different speed or angle, perhaps there would have been a lot more casualties, probably some deaths, maybe even of all of them. So definitely all's well that ends well, I guess. But this film explores whether or not Sully was negligent in his decision making. The movie is, as I mentioned, directed by Clint Eastwood. It's based on Sully's actual memoirs. It's adapted by Todd Kormernicki, not really a screenwriter known for a lot. In fact, the last movie he did came out during the year in which these events transpired. It was called Perfect Stranger, a really dreadful thriller starring Halle Berry and Bruce Willis, I believe. The one thing that's interesting about Sully that you may not know from the trailers or any of the discussion going in is that it actually spins its narrative 
by jumping around the timeline. For instance, it introduces us to the characters of the movie by showing us the ramp up to the investigation by the NTSB. It also showcases some of Sully's fractured home life with his wife that he very rarely gets to see. And then ultimately, toward the middle of the movie, it goes back to show us the actual dramatization of the water landing, which is kind of an approach you may not be expecting. You're probably going into this film expecting a little bit of buildup and then getting right to the actual events. And then the rest of the film would showcase the aftermath. But that's not how it happens here. We see some of the aftermath and we go back knowing what's going to eventually happen, which gives it a little bit more nuance. And then we get to a little bit more of the aftermath. And so as such, it does allow us to have some doubts in our mind while we're watching the actions taken by Sully in real time in this dramatization. And it puts some new context into these well-known events. Eventually, it does push forward toward the climax of the film that regards the NTSB board findings on Sully's decision, which the way that the film is set up, if Sully's found culpable of making wrong decisions here, this would be very ruinous to his career. He's, you know, his 40-year career as a pilot. He has a very sterling reputation. He might lose his job, his pension, and that would further sink him and his family into the financial hardship that he is currently experiencing that we see in the movie. So the way that the film jumps around also allows us some emotional component, some of those weighty themes to come to a head. And that makes this very routine and very well-publicized reenactment have some gripping tension on how things will ultimately play out toward the end of those proceedings. Now, some of the less successful moments of Selly, which is is a good movie, but it's not really a perfect one, comes from its attempt to inject multiple perspectives on the events from the eyes of others. For instance, we see several passengers and what they did, how they got on board, and what they did during the actual landing. Uh, we see some of the rescue workers before they're going to come into play. We get some of the employees in aviation in the control room, you know, air traffic controllers. We get some flashbacks to Sully's early life as a young pilot. We see him talking to his wife on the phone on a number of occasions. All of these things are seemingly in there to make the story more nuanced. However, they're not really as compelling as the actual events and the aftermath to Sully himself. So in a way, they're more padding to the story to give it more of a proper length. Obviously, you know, the the actual event took place in less than four minutes. It's really hard to stretch that out into a two-hour movie without adding some sort of depth. I can't really fault them for trying to inject that here, but maybe the people that they decided to spotlight were not as interesting as they could have been, or maybe there was a better story angle they could have gone. It doesn't really play out in a way that could have been as compelling. You know, this is a 96-minute movie. That's relatively short for a prestige release. In fact, for a Clint Eastwood film that he directed anyway, this is the shortest one he's ever turned in. However, if you were to put all of those side stories, you know, chop all of those out, maybe get it down to about 85 minutes, you know, I would rather have a dynamite 85-minute movie than just a good 96-minute movie. I don't think that people would have walked out of the theater after 85 minutes feeling like, like they were cheated in entertainment. They would have probably been ecstatic. I don't think that the approach to injecting side stories is a wrong one necessarily. I do think that the choice of who is getting spotlighted in the film and how long they actually play out, why is it worth minutes of screen time to show the air traffic controller or this father and his two adult sons boarding at the last minute and them trying to find a way to reunite? They might be interesting to the people that were actually on board, but they're not really interesting to us, at least not as interesting as the actual event itself. So they're not as compelling to explore as some of the rest. So, yeah, it's it's not as tight as it could have been. And also one – it's kind of a minor nitpick, but I do think it's worth mentioning. There's some CG work in this film to show the flight as well as the touchdown on the water. 
the water landing itself looks like CG. It, it really doesn't look much more realistic than what we see on the computer flight simulator that comes into play at some point in the movie. Given how much of a prestige film that Sully is supposed to be, perhaps getting Oscar looks, you never know. You know, that's kind of a disappointment. And seeing a CG airplane and CG water effects, you know, that don't look realistic kind of diffuses the moment somewhat because we know what we're watching is not really real. Whereas a much more realistic portrayal of it would have been much more of a nail biter for us instead of looking like we were just watching a computer screen. However, even with those quibbles, I do think that Sully is absorbing in how it plays. And that's thanks to the talent of everyone on board in front of and behind the cameras. Tom Hanks, he's a terrific, again, classic performance of Sully. You know, Sully's not an easy person to really get into. He's very taciturn. He doesn't have a lot of nuance. He's very straightforward. But I do think that Tom Hanks inhabits this very furrowed brow, this calm but very introspective demeanor that makes him very interesting. We see just enough of his personality to get where Sully's coming from without the need to see much more. And in that way, it's kind of similar to the way that Tom Hanks portrayed Captain Phillips Coincidentally, the events of Captain Phillips and the events of this miracle on the Hudson were both in the year 2009, both of them captains, although one is of a ship, one is of an airplane. So if you're going to have a big, well-publicized story in 2009 that needs a captain of a vessel, Tom Hanks is your guy, apparently. One thing that I do want to say is very commendable for Tom Hanks as well as Clint Eastwood is that they don't imbue Sully with trying to manufacture these big, showy breakdowns. You know, they, they don't really make this this big push to an Oscar campaign for the star or for the film itself. Tom Hanks is delivering here exactly what the part calls for, probably actually adding a little bit more than most actors would have done to make him much more fleshed out. So despite the fact that Hanks delivers a really good, nuanced, well-delivered performance, there's really not going to be enough here to fill up a highlight reel for Academy Award voters to consider later in the year. But who cares? That would have been just overbearing, I think, for the purpose of this film, and it would have been unrealistic for the character of Sully himself. Eastwood is getting a bit of a knock. He is known for a lackadaisical style. He works very quick with films. He shoots a lot of things in one take. He doesn't really get the best take. Some people criticize him for that. But I do think that he works well in, in the way that he is very lackadaisical because he does take the time to actually set up the characters. And so the fact that we're invested in what happens to these characters that we see from the beginning of the film does indeed make for a bit of tension of this reenactment from the various perspectives of the people on board that flight that we would have not gotten just by going right into those events without any real big context other than that which we know from the media. So I'd say Sully is one of the better dramas of the year. I think, you know, given that September is known for delivering a lot of lackluster quality films. This is actually a rare exception. I think it's well worth going out of your way to see if you like this kind of movie, if you want to see Tom Hanks deliver another good performance. If you're somebody who was captivated by the events of this miracle on the Hudson back in 2009, or if you know those events, but you're intrigued by the fact that there are some people who had some doubts as to whether what Sullenberger did during that incident was indeed the right thing to do. And this full exploration of the various ramifications of that event, Sully is well worth checking out. It has good performances. There's some compelling moments in this film that you may not necessarily be expecting. 
for its 96 minutes, I was pretty riveted throughout, enough to give a recommendation for this movie and say, for just about anybody at all interested in this, go out to the theater and check it out. I'm giving it three and a half stars out of four. Three and a half stars on my scale means I think it is a good movie and definitely one I think that is worth checking out to theaters if you're at all intrigued by what I'm saying here. Also, I want to mention before I go that if you do see Sully, and I do recommend you go see it, but be sure to stay through the beginning of the closing credits because not only do you see stills of the real life event, you know, that that's not necessarily worth sticking around for in and of itself. But there is this additional scene, this very emotional final scene where we get to see the real life Sully, the real life passengers of, and the real life crew. And wow, it's probably the most emotionally stirring scene in this film that already had enough emotionally stirring scenes to make it one of the better films to come out in 2016 going into that. It had audiences at my screening and probably many others in theaters all around the country clapping in their seats. It's a great moment and well worth sticking around for. Don't just jump out of your seat at the first credit. It's worth the extra minute or two. Trust me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you did, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button if this is your first time listening. I'll continue to deliver all of the reviews downloaded into your podcast player all throughout the year and beyond. Also, if you happen to be somebody who's been listening for a while and you want to help the show out, you can go to iTunes, leave a review, or you can go to patreon.com slash quipster and leave a donation. Lastly, if you just want to reach out to me personally and let me know what you think of the show, you can do so by finding my contact information at my website. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net, where you can also find links to my Twitter feed and Facebook page, so you'll always be informed as to when I post a new review. 